and then I'm going to start broadcasting. It's definitely recording. Check. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to put it in the stand. Uh, with this. Oh, no, we don't need that. We don't need okay. that. We're just going to do that. Oof. Hello. Just checking that we're on camera. Welcome to the free lesson for, uh, for the Hack Startup School. So this is our class, our free class for you, about the eight steps to building a happy startup. Uh, I'm Carlos. I'm Lawrence. Uh, we are the co-founders of the Happy Startup School. Uh, we've been running now for nearly four years, and through that journey we've learned a lot. Um, our previous experience has also taught us a lot about startups, and this is our opportunity to really share exactly what we've learned and one of the things that we have learned is about the, the campus and how we've created that as a way for you to learn about what we've done. Exactly. Um, so, do we want to kick into straight into uh, showing them what's going on? Yeah, so we're going to go through um, sort of eight steps of our canvas on this, um, on this class. So, I think the first thing is don't be afraid to ask questions. So, on Zoom, um, on the webinar tool that we're using, you've got the ability to ask questions. So, as we're going through, um, either jot them down and post them up or just post them up as they come to you and feel free to introduce yourself on the chat room as well so if you want to um, you know let people know where you're from what you're why you're here really and build some you know some interaction with some of the other people on the call because we've got people signed up from all sorts of different countries yeah. around the world so welcome thanks for joining us and um, yeah we also have a poll so um, if you look on um, see that's just me looking at the poll yeah, there you go you look on the screen, there should be a little poll for you to fill out. We just want to get a sense of which areas of the um, class you'd like us to focus on most. So, um, if you look at our canvas here, we have um, different areas, and we'll walk through this in a bit more detail. But um, the top part of the canvas will explain a bit more about, which is a bit more about the, the sort of human side of the business, and this lower part is a bit more about the mechanics. Um, but yeah, there's eight different segments. So if you have an area you'd like us to focus on, you've got the option of choosing one, and the idea is we'll then spend a bit more time on those areas throughout the class because we want to make it relevant, really. It's kind of common sense. Um, so yeah, what we're going to do is dive a little bit into why it's important to build a startup that matters, which is really the focus of this session, and then break it down into these different steps and you can understand a bit more about our thinking and hopefully apply it to your own ideas and initiatives and businesses. Cool, and it's great to see some of you already posting, saying hi, that's fantastic. Um, keep, yeah, on, just, keep on going. So we're just going to go to the slides now, and then um, yeah, I'll explain you a bit more about um, what we're talking about. There we go. Okay, great. So, um, so yeah, first thing is um, we do have an offer, so a special competition to offer. So. We're going to offer a free space on our homeschool program, which is a four-week program we run. And next next tribe starts in January. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. Um, but for one listener who uh, posts the best question, so as I said, don't be afraid to post your questions after we've been through the canvas in about forty minutes or so. We have to go through those questions. So yeah, don't be afraid to ask us challenging questions. That's part of you know while we're here answering your your uh, your questions. So yeah. Stick with us for the whole hour, that's part of the reason for that. Um, so yeah, if you want to go through um, to explain a little bit more about where we're coming from. And with the Happy Startup School, um, we're really trying to help people look at the way the world is changing, not looking at business in a traditional way, but actually looking at um, purpose-driven business. And what does purpose-driven business mean? It means companies that put uh, people and, and their purpose and their sort of impact before profits, not that they're choosing you know, purpose instead of profits, but more they're trying to do two things. And what we've seen is these companies are companies that 
they put their employees first, they put the customers first, and by doing this, this means they can make a bigger impact and actually help the bottom line as a result. So, um, so yeah, we believe these are the people who change the world. Business can be a force for good, and we believe it should be too. Okay. Okay, and this, this stuff actually has, um, has a real business value too. Like I said, it affects the bottom line. There's evidence to say all the best companies are um, purpose-driven. If you look at um, some of the reports that have come out recently, you know, people are getting much more savvy about who they buy from. Employees are being much more savvy about the companies they work for. And this is because people want to work and buy from companies that have a real reason for existing. And these are the companies, um, kinds of companies we're talking about. So organizations like Etsy, which are an online company, and then you've got Zappos who sell shoes, Kickstarter, and then smaller companies like the Greystone Bakery, got an amazing story, um, which you should definitely look up. And these are the companies that inspire us. But also there's much more small startups who are doing this stuff too. So it's, it's not just um, big companies who are doing this, but actually you can, as a startup, move really quickly and nimbly and create the company you want to create. So we believe if you're going to start something, start something that you actually really care about, not just something that's just going to make you money. Um, so yeah, so part of um, the stuff we're seeing isn't just you know our little bubble. There's much bigger evidence around this. So a guy called Aaron Hurst wrote a book called The Purpose Economy, and he's um, stacked this all up and shown that you know this is the way business is going. And it, like I said, it's about how can you make models better, not just for you, but also for the people who's um, you know, who you're trying to help. And it's thinking in business in a different way rather than just, you know, what can I get out of it, but what can I give as well? And so this is how the Canopy Startup came about, really. It was really trying to look at business differently, trying to add a bit more soul to business, not just about making money, but actually making some meaning too. And so, like I said, um, this pyramid has come about from our work, working with startups over the last year, uh, five years or so, really sort of drilling down into why people start things, not just... You know, how's it going to make money? And so the top part of the canvas, which we'll go into a bit more detail about, is really looking at your why and your values. What's driving what you're doing? What's driving this idea? And the bottom part is really about the mechanics. How can you make it work? You know, is there a demand for what you're doing? Can you experiment, create new things that are going to help you validate the idea? And these two things we believe can work together. They're kind of almost like the art and science or the heart and mind business and we're proof of this because we've been applying this methodology to our own work as well as the startups within our community who've tried to balance that in their passion and profit in the same in the same sort of work they do okay so um, I just want to talk you through a couple of things before we dive into the canvas which really highlights the difference between an old way of looking at business the old paradigm and this new way of approaching business and we believe it's the difference between being opportunity-driven and being mission-driven. And the reason this is, is a lot of people who start businesses really just look at, is there a market for this? You know, the market size for an idea and not really thinking about, is this going to make people's lives better? Is this going to make my life better as a founder? Is this something I want to be doing for the next 10 years? So thinking about something as a mission really helps you to connect with customers, but also for you to be driven to get up each morning and actually push this thing forward. So one obvious thing that we've seen through working with a lot of startups in this sort of more um, dynamic way is really focusing on collaboration before uh, instead of competition. And if you look at, you do an MBA or you read business books that all talk about fighting for the same turf. But we believe, you know, through a mindset of abundance that actually if you work together with other people, you can all help each other and move forward in your goals together. 
we've also seen this movement from um, community, from audience to community. I think this is part of being, being more mission-driven. People tend to um, get excited when they hear about something that's not just existing for money. So thinking about your customers not as users, not as numbers on a spreadsheet, but actually as human beings, and then trying to unite them not just uh, to buy from you, but actually be part of your story. And that's um, something that's helped us build our community to 100,000 in a, a couple of years. Um, and one of the things we're really passionate about is helping people to be their own angel, which means that you don't have to get funding. You can bootstrap your way to success and try and generate revenues early on. And the reason this is important is you have control. And we've seen that if you try and chase VC funding, you try and chase investment, then if you don't get the funding when you want to, then you can really lose heart. So actually being your own angel is a really powerful way to sort of putting forward your idea into the world and not waiting for permission to, to make it happen. And then finally, um, like I said at the beginning really, from chasing profits, so this traditional view of startups in Silicon Valley in the main startup hubs is um, this kind of hockey stick growth, they call it, this, this trajectory um, from you know, not doing so well to you know, high growth. But for many people, that's just you know, like a lotto win. It's really unlikely. Um, so how about we go from chasing profits to chasing purpose and profits and making an impact at the same time? Okay, so just want to get back to the canvas and um, what we're going to do for the next sort of 10 minutes or so is really just focus on this top part of the canvas. So um, after this session, you're going to get sent um, uh, the slides, you're going to get sent the worksheets. Don't worry too much about sort of trying to jot this all down. You'll be able to access it a lot afterwards. And you've got a high-res version of the canvas that you can print out. And again, I'll talk you through it, but really the goal for this session is to get you thinking that this is a, it's a one-page business, um, business plan. You, you can iterate with it, you can play around with it, you can use post-its like we do. Don't think of it as a business plan that's set in stone. And that's the key thing with it. it you know, it's something you can play with and, and engage with over time. So the top part of the canvas is really, like I said, it's about the, the why. Why are you starting this thing in the first place? Why is, why is this important? And this is where, where purpose comes in. Um, and it's really thinking about why are you doing this other than the profit? It's easy to think of the numbers, but it's really hard sometimes to think about um, the why behind it. And again, we'll go into these in more detail. I just want to talk you through the, the four parts of the canvas at the top. Vision. So how does your um, purpose apply itself to the world? So passion drives what you're doing. Your purpose gives you that reason for existing. But actually, the vision is a thing that excites you and other people. So how does the world look different when your um, idea or business is out there? Then we move on to values. So values are the things that help you make decisions. They're the things that um, drive what you're doing and the things that are really important to you as an individual or team. So understanding um, what are the core values behind your business can help you to really connect with people. And then finally, this part, we've got story. And this is something that we've seen so much value in, but other people in business don't really get um, so much is um, storytelling is key to getting your idea out into the world. So understanding the story you want to spread about what you're doing will help you to get customers and also um, to really connect with people. Okay, so, um, so yeah, what I want to do is talk you through um, the canvas and we want to um, talk you through how we've got our uh, journey. Actually, a couple of minutes, just maybe we talk about, um, talk about each of those things and why we think they're important because I think that's one thing that, um, some, of, some of the more skeptical people come across what we're doing, they find this bit, a bit fluffy, a bit wide bit. Yeah, um, so hopefully you've got a bit of an overview of, of kind of the, the top segments and really understanding why is that important to you? So a lot of the time when we, when we talk about the, 
the canvas, it seems so much more about um, uh, an idealistic kind of thing, but what does it mean on the ground? What does it mean when you're trying to do the day-to-day -day grind? So vision, for us, the importance about vision is really having that energy and inspiration uh, to keep on going. You know, what, what is it, what are you, uh, what's the target you're trying to, to go for? What is the feeling that you want to create in your business? Because a lot of the time, the, the metrics that people apply to business, and which are, you know, make sense, um, are profit, uh, revenues, uh, number of users, fine for understanding how your business is performing. But if your definition, definition of success is beyond just how is the business performing, but how are you feeling about the business, then creating that vision is really important that stretches beyond just what kind of office you've got. Yeah, exactly. Um, awesome. And do you want to talk a bit about sort of um, values and story, just how that relates? So um, with the, for us, values are so important. And it's one of the hardest things, particularly on our homeschool, we ask people to actually you know, try and articulate their values. And anytime you talk to anyone, uh, you know, tell, tell them what your values are. They either come out as very generic, or it's like, oh, what does that mean? I don't understand. But ultimately, the values that you have and the values you believe in have dictated every decision you've made up to now. Yeah? And if you really are authentic and truly believe in those values, those are the things that should guide you in terms of not only uh, your day-to-day -day decisions and you know, choosing a partner, who you hang out with, but also what kind of business you want to create, what kind of life do you want to lead? Because if your values are in line with the business you're creating, how are you going to pour as much energy as you can? How are you going to make it the success it should be and also feel like you're a success if those two things are kind of butting against each other? And that's one of the key things we've found, people working in offices, in, in work jobs they don't like, is that the kind of cultures that they're in have no alignment with who they really are. Yeah, exactly. So one of the exercises we set people on our homeschool, which people find really valuable, is really thinking, detaching yourself from your values and actually looking at people or companies you admire, and that really helped us when we were starting out, is to think about, you know, which companies out there do we love, and why do we love them, what is it about them we love, or maybe it's someone in your life, or uh, someone you've seen do a talk, or someone that's inspired you, what is it about them that really connects with you, and understanding what's behind that can sometimes lead you to the things that are important to you, and therefore values that you hold dear, so that's a simple way to, um, to kind of think about those things and actually if there's one or two of you or even a bigger team it becomes a bit harder but still possible to to work through that but we found you know we set up the happy startup school together and before that we were running an agency for 10 years um, and friends before that was really finding co-founders that um, had the same values even if we had completely different skill sets um, we had a very similar outlook on what was important to us in terms of how we run our business and what we've seen is people who don't think about this stuff at the beginning they don't think it's important. They then have those difficult conversations later when you know that big contract from Coke comes on the table and one of you wants to take it and the other one's not sure because it doesn't really sit with something that's you know inside you. And so that's where we find that actually thinking about this stuff at the beginning can slow you down, but actually should you know accelerate the business once you really understand that. Yeah, I think really I think a tangible real example of that for us in particular is uh, we have young kids. And it's one of the important things for us is to be able to uh, be there for our kids. So we're not going to make decisions that's going to, uh, that means that we're going to be working ridiculously long hours and ridiculously uh, and always far away from, from our families if that's a thing that's important to us. And so when we started our business, one of the key things that we wanted to do is have a place that we really enjoyed being at and also gave us the freedom to have a life outside of work. Yeah.
and now we have our life inside work and <laughs> we'll show you around in a minute maybe um but yeah Carl's even got his kid here today yeah to mix the boundaries of life and work and um but yeah i think again we wanted to build a business that we um wanted to come into work every day and that's what we see this movement that people want to do is they've had enough of working for the man they've had enough of working for other people and again having a boss or a company who's who starts to annoy you probably signals the fact that your values are being sort of um, not listened to almost, you're not being able to align those with your work choices. So to kind of quickly summarise that, this whole idea of why is values important because it's going to really dictate all the decisions that you make around your business. Yeah. And if you're not listening to those real values, you're going to be somewhere where you don't want to be. Exactly. And, and then you're going to be miserable. Exactly. So quickly, I just want to move this over to here, so I hope this will work. Um, so yeah, we've got the canvas here, and the idea is this is deliberately um, sort of quite raw, and you know none of this stuff should be too polished. What we want you to do is really understand um, how you can quickly go from an idea to action really fast. And so what I want to do is quickly talk you through. Actually, let's start with values because we just talked through that. So the idea is with the canvas, if you can print it out, sketch it out like this, and just on post-its, just write down anything that comes to mind. Or do it with um, a group of people, ideally, face-to-face. -face. We even know someone um, who, uh, I think they had a fish and chip shop supper or something, and they basically sat around with their friends and they just bought some food and drink to people and went through their business model you know, with a group of four or five people, which is a really um, powerful way to do it because it's informal, but you're also getting amazing insight into what you're doing. So um, the things that were important to us when we started out in business were uh, to be able to talk like friends because we were friends. And that was, uh, that was what was important to us, was to have that. Um, and actually that helped us with our tone of voice, with our branding, with the way we came across to people, because it wasn't just how we behaved internally as a, as a company, but also how do we want to come across to our customers and people who wanted to work with us. And hopefully that honesty in terms of how we communicate um, cuts through a lot of noise and actually tries to make something very complex like starting a business or building a technical platform um, a bit simpler. Um, so one of our values is expecting nothing back, so actually helping people without really getting anything in return. So we give a lot of stuff away. Um, when we first started the Happy Startup School, we released our ebook for free, we give away loads of content, we release all the videos from our talks from our events for free, and the idea is we never know how it's gonna help us in the long run, but it always comes back in, in support in other ways. Um, make it fun. So why would you start a business if you didn't want it to be something you wanted to do every day? So where possible, we try and inject fun into everything we're doing. And um, For us, it's, um, I'd say more it's kind of evolved into excitement. So if we have an opportunity come our way, we would ask ourselves, is this something that excites us? And if it doesn't, then chances are we're not going to be looking forward to doing it and we won't deliver our best work. And then another one which is um, about just being, following our nose really, is gut trumps data. So really, trying to follow our nose, follow our gut, and actually um, make decisions that don't seem to make sense at the beginning, but we can look back and post-rationalize and, and uh, they actually were always a great thing. So actually an example of that is, um, we had a friend called Kumaran, who might be listening, I'm not sure, who's based in Chennai in India, and he uh, came on our first home school about two years ago. And then he came to um, an event in the Alps and invited us out to do a similar event in India. So we will be going out in February to do an event called Ashram which is a retreat for founders and change makers. That would have never come about if we hadn't followed our noses um, to go and do this event in the Alps, number one, our first overseas event, but then also to, you know, following that collaboration, something that just felt right. You know, we couldn't put a finger on it, but it felt right. So, you know, we see this again and again, this serendipity that happens when you put an idea out there. 
Okay, quickly, because we're, we're kind of pushed on for time. Um, our main purpose really is just to help people follow their, follow their dreams to actually like fulfill their potential. So that's the thing that drives us, is helping people to unlock themselves, because often people have you know, limiting beliefs or blocks, but also their ideas, getting them a chance to, to unleash those, those ideas into the world. And how does that relate to the outside world? Well, that you know, can be our vision to be a world where people are more fulfilled at work, and that's the norm of the exception, and that creates um, more happiness, more connection, and more community as a result of that. Um, if people are miserable at work, they can lead to depression, anxiety, it can lead to all sorts of family problems, it can lead to all sorts of societal problems. So actually, you know, if people feel that they're living their values, being true to themselves, then all sorts of um, unexpected outcomes happen. And then finally, story for this section, which is, um, for us, it's a really simple one. For once, Carlos isn't wearing a t-shirt, but our motto is really, happy is the new rich. And that can best be summed up by, there's more to life and business than, than making money. You know, money's important, it's important that we um, make profit as business, fuel for what we do, but it's also not the most important thing. And we believe it's been the biggest, most important measure for too long. And even GDP is a measure of, you know, um, our sort of health and well-being as a nation is, is um, something that people are now realizing isn't, isn't helpful. So, but that's a story we want people to spread about us is, well, you know, not everyone starts businesses for money. There's a lot of confused entrepreneurs out there who start businesses for other reasons, and we're one of those. And uh, what we're seeing is people are starting businesses to make impact, to have more time with the families, to have great experiences. Um, and all these reasons are important, as well as make, making money. So there's a different form of currency around there. And as you can see, this part of the canvas now, in five minutes, we've gone from nothing to a bunch of ideas. And at the beginning, we were just putting ideas up here. And you know, you're doing a bit of guesswork, but the idea is that this top part of the canvas, it shouldn't change too much once you've really sort of pinned this down. The bottom part is when you start to experiment a bit more and play. But the top part, this is like the bedrock of, of your company, the values and the, uh, the story, the purpose and the vision. These are the things that you know, drive what you're doing and you're kind of more starving. Okay. Cool. I've done enough talking. I think it's to hand over to Carlos. <laughs> right. Uh, so, are we going to go into the next section of building a happy start? Yeah. And again, if you've got, um, if you've got, so there's a couple of questions that come up which I might just answer related to. Um, so, you've asked about examples of core values. I think it's Matt, um, but I think I just mentioned those. Hopefully, that, that covers it. Um, let me see if anything related to that. But yeah, I think the, the key thing to bear in mind with this is why is this important? And, and um, I'll reiterate it again because it's worth emphasizing. This is important because if you want people to care about what you're doing, if you want to attract customers, if you want to um, um, build a landing page for your website, if you want to create a strong brand, these are all things that, unless you've got a strong story, unless you've got a strong reason for existing, no one's going to care. And the hardest thing with any new business, is, as hard as it sounds, is no one really cares about it. People don't have time to listen to what you're doing. Um, there's a great quote about, um, you know, people worried about people stealing their ideas, but even if you've got a great idea, you're gonna to have to ram it down people's throats to get them to care. So understanding that means that you need to find a different way to communicate what you're trying to do, whether it's to investors, you know, to get funding, whether it's to your wife to convince her that it's a good idea, or co-founder, whatever it might be. If you've got a strong story and, and words and um, sort of even visuals too to help convey that, then it's going to make your life so much easier. So we, there's this whole uh, obsession um, in terms of what types of businesses you run. Is like, are you B2C? Are you B2B? Uh, ultimately, you're talking to people. 
Uh, and I think this whole idea of actually thinking of business as human to human and humans relates to people and stories. And if you can't, if you don't have that right and if you're not authentic with that, then I think it's going to be a struggle in this new age of purpose-driven businesses. And people remember you. I think that's the other thing is it's great book made to stick um, because stories are things that stay in our memory much more so than facts, figures and features. Um, so if you've ever, the easiest way to think about that is if you've ever seen a talk at an event or conference and someone's gone up there with their clever charts or their, their app that they're trying to demo, people just, the energy in the room just kind of goes, you know, we've, we've run events ourselves and we've seen that. If someone stands up and they share a little bit about themselves, their childhood, um, an anecdote from their past or a reason that led them to this, this journey they're on now and people sit up and take notice, it's just the way we're, we're kind of hardwired. So, yeah, that, that talk will be the one that sticks in people's memory. So if you can try and think in those terms about how you can connect with people, these, this is the way to do it. So we've kind of like talked about how we can get people to listen, how to feel authentic in your business, but ultimately, unless people understand what you're trying to deliver and how, how that fits in with their lives, you don't really have something you can sell. Mm. Uh, and being able to be clear about that is really important. So the next section we're going to do is just go through a few slides to start off with, just to break it down for you. Again, it's going to, we're going to tackle the bottom half of the canvas. And it's just going to give you a, a better way or hopefully a more clear way as to how to sell something rather than just thinking about, I've got this idea and this widget and I think everyone will love it. Yeah. So let me just get onto slides now. Uh, hopefully you can all see that. So what we found as a business, uh, when we were a startup studio, uh, building essentially people's products for them, um, a lot of the time people would come to us with an idea and a solution. Uh, and most of the thing, the reasons behind that solution would be, this doesn't exist, wouldn't it be cool if this existed? And the trouble with that is that it was something that would be cool for that person, but it was really hard to know whether anyone else cared. And it isn't just caring about the story, it's caring about this service or product or business they want to create. So we try and get them to think about, rather than what's the fancy solution, what is it that you're trying to solve for people? What's the difficulty that they're having in their lives that you're going to actually take away because of this solution that you have? And also, not getting fixated in that solution that you're going to create, isn't, that isn't necessarily going to be the best thing uh, to build. What you want to think about, really, is um, what, what is this problem? How are they tackling that problem at the moment? You know, are they tackling it at all? And then how is it that you could address this problem in different ways? And that's really where you need to start playing with ideas and being a bit more open to uh, not just getting fixated with one thing. And so this is, uh, when we think about solutions, it isn't one solution. And it isn't the big solution. It's trying to, especially at the beginning, and hopefully you remember when we were talking about before, is rather than trying to feel that money is going to be the issue in terms of building your business and having to have funding to get started, is what is the simplest, cheapest, easiest thing that you can do to see if there's a problem that's worth solving? And that sometimes is hacking a solution together that's really manual, really, uh, as they say, something that doesn't scale, something that isn't a, an app, something that's more of a case that we, uh, a term that's used is concierge approach, where you are actually taking, uh, doing the service for the person itself and then learning through how people react to it. 
And that's a much better signal than trying to say, oh, do you like my idea? Yeah. And people saying yes. Because most of the time, people are kind, but they will say yes. Yeah, don't ask your mum. <laughs> yeah, exactly, don't ask your mum. But um, ultimately, the solution you provide uh, is going to be dependent on who is it that you want to sell to. And a lot of the people that we've talked to, they start off by um, concentrating or thinking the world is their market. You know, the internet is such a vast place, you can reach over a billion people. Think of that, if I had a percent, one percent of that market, I would be a very rich man. Like Lauren said earlier, most people don't care. Um, there, there is so much noise in the world, that it's really hard for people to really concentrate on one particular product or service particularly if it's based on the features, if it's based purely on the solution, if it's based purely on the thing that you're building. And so for us, it's really tapping into, and this is why the top half of the canvas is really important, is tapping into the emotive side. Thing. What do they believe in? What are their struggles? Do they think similarly to you? Because that's the thing that's going to build connection. We talked about earlier community versus audience. Audience is about broadcasting. Audience is about this is me, this is me, this is me. Community is about conversation. And so that's why picking, when we talk about early adopters, early adopters is as much about people that get you mm -hmm. and you get them and you're interested in them so you can create a dialogue, a conversation, so that they co-create the solution with you. You don't push stuff onto them. Yeah, we've, we've found that we've actually built a following while we're exploring the opportunities and we're still evolving the business. You know? So I think there's a question um, from Stacey actually who asked about, you know, what if I do something you're passionate about but it's not making money, how do I sort of... Um, the purpose of the business but still keep finances to support it that's a big challenge that a lot of people face and we faced it ourselves but what we found is the purpose is the thing that's consistent what you can do like Carlos said is explore and start to get in this mindset of play where you can not be so tied to the one way of doing it and getting more both detaching yourself from the success or failure of that experiment not the whole business and not just saying it's an app and if it doesn't work as an app it's it's not going to work and I'll talk you through in a sec how, how this related to us but I think the key thing to bear in mind is you don't have to have it all worked out before you launch something. You can work it out in tandem with your customers, not have to present something perfect. And we've seen from projects in the past whereby if you don't do that, it can cost an awful lot of money and heartache and sleepless nights. Yeah. I think ultimately you're tr we're, what we're trying to do uh, is de-risk the way of moving forward. So don't spend loads of money and don't take a punt on a single idea and don't guess so much and it's really conversations with people are going to be worth so much more than market research reports that you get off online because they're going to really tap into the, the things that drive you and they'll they're free conversations are free and social media allows you to do this so easily now once you know you've got a clear idea who you uh, you want to help who are these early adopters you kind of really got a strong feeling about what the problem is and you've got a good idea of what the solution is, is how you pair, tie all of these things together to what we call this value proposition. So it's a bit of a fancy word for essentially, why should I give a shit? Yeah? Why, do I give, why should I give money to you for the service you're providing? And it's about talking in the language of the customer, of the user, of the person, of the human being. And so we, on our home school, we, we have this exercise where we kind of break this down, we artificially break down this, this value proposition into a statement. And it's really structured based on who is it you're, you're helping and how are you going, what problem do they face? 
How are you going to make their lives easier by reducing something, whether it's stress, difficulty, time to do something? How are you going to make their lives better by increasing something, whether it's making something quicker, faster, more enjoyable? And what is it that makes you different? Why are you doing it different to the rest? And there's an exercise, it's just a way of sort of framing what you're doing into a simple sentence. And that helps you get a bit more clear as to what's important, rather than thinking value is based on chucking loads of features into something and making something really big and over bloated in terms of number of services and number of things that you do. And really thinking about uh, what is it that's really important for this person? And how is it that I can communicate what I do as being able to address that to them in the most clear and simple way. And that takes time, and that is hard work. But once you've got it, it cuts through all the crap that other people are trying to talk sell them because they know you really understand their problem. So um, let's go back to our beautiful, well-designed, Sharpie-based canvas. Yeah. That's what Marcus in the studio a good. 10 minutes Thanks, Marcus. Um, so yeah, what I wanted to do is just talk you through quickly um, how this relates to the Happy Start School as a business and, and what we do. So we talked about problems. Um, so I'll just talk you through quickly two of the problems we see that um, are, are sort of We are focusing on the homeschool. Because it's one of the things, yeah. this is an interesting bit. With us, um, there's quite a few things that we do. And some, there's a, there's a um, uh, there's a danger when you're building a business that you try and overload the, this canvas with too much information. And so we, we run events, uh, we have the summer camp, we have our retreats, we have an online community, and we have homeschool. Each of those kind of address different types of people and very specific problems, different problems in a sense. Uh, there is an overlap, but you, unless you treat them individually, it's going to be really hard. So what we want to do to make it clear and so, so you can follow on um, more easily, we're going to be focusing purely on the homeschool because that's a, that's a product that kind of, it's a lot easier to understand. Yeah. Um, and nothing to highlight around that is we started out thinking the business was purely going to be workshops because we wanted to do training, but then we, we somehow discovered the idea of doing online workshops. So, um, so our audience for this is, is a good place to start because what we found is with the bottom part of the canvas, the problems you're solving might be different for different people. So the, the people we're really trying to help at the early stage with homeschool is budding entrepreneurs. And so this is people who generally haven't started businesses before. They're new to it. Um, so why is this useful for them? Well, first thing, the problem is for them, they're overwhelmed. So they might have an idea, they might have lots of ideas, or they might not have any of that idea. Um, but more than anything, they're overwhelmed because they don't know where to start. They've never done this before. Um, we were in this position 10 years ago where we didn't know what to do. Um, there's very few sort of really solid business networks around these days that have real helpful advice because a lot of them are outdated in terms of the advice they give. So, um, you know, not knowing who to listen to, someone saying get investment, someone saying go to accelerator, someone saying, you know, don't do any of those things. Who do I listen to? So that's one thing that we've seen. Another thing is people feel isolated. And by isolated, I don't mean that they, they have friends or family, but more that the people around them don't get it. They don't understand what it takes to do something different, step, step out of your comfort zone. So, you know, they're not lonely people, but they're lonely in terms of they don't have uh, a community who can help them. So that's an opportunity for us too. So what we did with homeschool was actually create an online program where um, there was a step-by-step -step process. So we go through the elements of the canvas, but we also dive deeper into some other things too. 
Um, so there's a, a sequence of events and challenges you can follow, but doing it with other people on that journey means that you feel rewarded because you feel part of a tribe, part of a community of people who are doing something positive. Um, but also you develop connections for the business so you can find collaborators, potential co-founders, even join forces. Like we've seen people um, come in with one idea and actually join someone else on their idea because they, they felt they could be more with it. And so, you know, part of the beauty of this is you can come through it, road test an idea and actually come out of it a lot clearer. So in terms of a value proposition for, for our customers, uh, clarity is right up there, you know. Coming into something feeling overwhelmed and you know, bogged down in noise to clear is, is a really valuable thing. And what we found is clarity can lead to connections because people understand what you're trying to do, your story is much clearer, you understand your values more. And peace of mind, you, know, you just feel like you can sleep a bit easier because um, it's gone from a sort of crazy idea to something that's a bit more tangible. Um, so again, quickly, you can start to see how this pieces itself together. And like Carlos said, we just focused this on one of our products we offer. For um, something like our Ashram event in India, we're not focused on budding entrepreneurs so much, but more um, people who are established, who've run businesses before, people who kickstarting projects, change makers all around the world, people who, who value less the step-by-step -step process, but more the time to connect with other people in, in a you know, stunning place. So, um, but I think the, the key thing with this part is being playful with it, exploring, don't be so tied to things not working. Um, in Silicon Valley, they talk about failures learning, it's a bit jargony, but the idea is, you know, you're experimenting, you're kind of in scientific mode where you're, you've got a hypothesis, you've got something you want to validate, you're trying to decide, does this work? Okay, and uh, so yeah, just going back to what we just talked about, what Carlos talked about really was, why is it important to look at problems? Well, problems um, highlight the fact that you have empathy for your customers. You know, they can really understand, you can really understand them and put yourself in their shoes and really feel their pain as well. You know, we've, we deliberately decided we wanted to work with startups because we love working with them. It wasn't um, because we thought we could make an incredible amount of money. We just loved working. We loved, we had empathy. We've been there ourselves and we like helping people push forward ideas. So um, understanding which customers you want to serve and what problems you want to own. And actually, um, we've been reading um, or researching lately about the struggles of, of entrepreneurship because it's not all plain sailing, but understanding which struggles you want to take on board as part of your journey is really, really powerful. And then like Carlos said, we talked about there, experimenting with ideas. Um, if you're starting something, don't put six months ahead to plan this thing. Maybe give yourself a week to launch. <laughs> um, we started a meetup group as our first experiment. Then we released our ebook and did all sorts of things to test out our idea. We've got a workshop. We sort of moved our way towards the vision rather than trying to build the vision from day one. And that's why one of the mottos we have is think big, start small. You can have that big vision, but start tomorrow, start um, next week. And then finally, the, app, the uh, value proposition was really about the outcome of what you're trying to do. Not focused on the product and the service, but really, how does this make people's lives better? You know, what pain are you solving for them? And what, what's going to improve in their life? You know, is it mentally they've got peace of mind? Is it that their life's better, faster, smoother, whatever it is, simpler? Um, once you know that, then you can sell the idea much better than you can do if you're just trying to sell the product on its own. And one of the reasons we love this concept of the canvas is because it really, uh, you, you can look at it in terms of, you can be trying to solve the problems of your customer, but also what you're trying to do is not be a slave to this business. How are you going to get energy from this? How are you going to feel amazing because you're running this business and helping people out? And so you're kind of solving the problem for yourself. What is the problem you're trying to solve for yourself is how can you do a job you love? 
And how can you make that problem, solve that problem at the same time as solving other people's problems in whatever area that may be, that is your business. And so that overlap of doing what you love and then actually getting, uh, helping other people in the world. So are we going to go into trying to answer questions? Now? Yeah, I think so. And again, this is a really quick you know, session to go through this stuff. You know, we've done day workshops on this. We've you know, got a four week online course. Um, even when you do a four week course, you still come out of it needing ongoing support. You know, this stuff takes... Rome wasn't months. built in a day. Exactly. Um, they say it takes 10 years to build a really great company. And so um, part of this process is really trying to get you on the right footing. Get, you know, the first step is sometimes the hardest. So um, getting into that path, getting in the mindset of being an entrepreneur, even if the business doesn't work out, having the skills that you can acquire by following a process like this gives you things that you can apply to any job, any career, any project that you work on. And so, um, yeah, it's having that mindset and being more proactive and, and just trying things out and not worrying too much if it doesn't work. Skills and belief, I think, are the really important things for us to, to try and get across to you guys. Uh, so what we're going to do is try answer, try, we will try <laughs> and answer some of your questions yeah. online. I can't promise you that it'll be the best answers, but there are answers, so yeah. it'll be good. So we get, we've got close to 30 questions, so we'll probably uh, I'll get through them all. But if I start with... Um, where are they going? Um, there's questions coming all the time. Okay, so the question we've got here from Sandra, I think. Uh, so starting a company can be an emotional roller coaster. Have you, um, or the startups you work with, oh, sorry, how have you or the other startups you work with dealt with this? It's a great question. I think it's worth addressing in the beginning because I think um, stress, uh, anxiety, and um, sleepless nights, I think, go often hand in hand in business. Um, I think, yeah, no, for me, it's really about the anxiety of having to be right all the time and having to perform and having, to f having other people think or making yourself look good all the time. That's one of the things we hated about traditional business events that we went to. Everyone looked like they were having an amazing time. Business was amazing. You never really truly understand what it took. And that made, made yourself feel bad if you were having a hard time yourself. So... One of the reasons we have our community is to build this freedom and this space to be vulnerable and to be open about the struggles that you have in business. Because then once you have that and you realize someone else comes up to you and says, thank you, because mm -hmm. I've been feeling the same way, you, it becomes a hundred times easier. Yeah. Because you don't feel like you're a failure because you're not the only person going through it. No. Um, so one thing I'd say is exactly what Carlos said about the, the community side of it, having a space where everything's not okay and it's not about shoving business cards in your face or you know, putting on that sheet and everything's great. Um, it's really important having that space. But I think it's also really, um, the reason I love entrepreneurship isn't so much that it's easy, it's the fact that you have these highs and lows, you experience life at its fullest. So it's, um, you have days which are down days, you're just questioning everything you're doing. You know, even us and some of the people who run very, very successful companies, or even especially those people, because they have more to lose. Um, but the, the highs are so high because you're you know, experiencing life on the edge by putting your heart on the line, putting values on the line, working with people you care about, delivering you know, great work. So um, for me, it's, it's, it's kind of getting comfortable with it. It's not that you can eliminate it, um, and it is that roller coaster. You know, some people hate roller coasters, some people love them. So it's understanding that feeling and embracing that feeling and turning that sort of adrenaline um, or that, that kind of anxiety to adrenaline almost where you, you get to embrace it. You, it Maybe you're a bit scared, but maybe it's, maybe it's like your first um, pitch to an investor or talk or whatever it might be or doing a webinar. But it's kind of fun excitement and that's the thing we've started to embrace is when it's 
when it feels scary, it's generally quite a good thing to do. And not always, but <laughs> and we think anyone can do this. We're not. We're no. You know, no better than any of you guys. We didn't necessarily. We didn't have. We don't have MBAs. We don't have business degrees. But what we do is have a clear idea of what the kind of changes we want to make in the world, the kind of feelings we want to have and give people, uh, and being comfortable with that and being feel that that's your authentic way of doing business, yeah. I think will help you go smooth through those tr troubles. Yeah, I think actually you can know too much. So I don't know, almost if you do an MBA, you need to unlearn some of that I think, to run a startup. Um, so there's a great question here from David Fromm, who says, um, on metrics for having startups versus, versus traditional business, um, is that similar to the North Star metric concept? I'm not familiar with that, sorry. Um, or something even more about happiness in addition to happiness? So it's a great question. So people are often asked that. It's like, what's the one metric that you can measure for a happy startup? Um, in traditional business, it's all about you know the revenue, growth, and um, profit. Now, this is a problem that not, it's not just a business problem. You know, how do we measure people? Problem. Yeah. Well, no. Yeah. <laughs> How do we measure well-being in society? How do we measure well-being in, in the school system? You know, it's really easy to look at um, test results. It's really easy to look at profit. So these are sometimes the intangibles. Um, that said, for us, we always look at um, uh, asking people when they finish something with us, you know, how likely are they to recommend us to someone else? So the, the net promoter score, it's quite widely used in marketing circles. But what it shows is how much do people love what you're doing? Because if people love what you're doing, they're going to tell other people about it. Um, but there's also intangible stuff like at our events, you know, people not talking business cards, but they're hugging and they're crying and they're, you know, sad to see their friends go that they've, they've kind of got to know over every few days. So um, for us, the metric is really in front of us. It's visible. You know, we are seeing all sorts of collaborations and businesses being started by people who now consider themselves friends. And we, we haven't got the time to measure that, you know, but we know it's having real impact. So the short answer is there's no simple way, but... You know, how happy are you? How, how are you feeling? How energized are you as a founder? How are your team? How energized are they? How engaged are they? And then how are your customers feeling? And stakeholders. And all of those three things are key to making this work. You know, having a strong culture and having a strong customer base. I think uh, one exercise that I've been taught, um, and it's related to journaling. So one of the things, and this is the reason why this is interesting, because it doesn't just apply to business. It applies generally, how do you feel about stuff? So simple journaling about how did your day go? And you kind of just rate it. It's like um, you, you think of the feeling that you want every day, uh, whether it's just freedom, excitement, intellectually challenged, whatever that is. And you rate from one to 10, how much did I get out of that today? And you just do that randomly, you know, well, as regularly as possible, but just as a, as a note. And then you reflect over the past month, how much did I achieve that? And that, that's, while it's not a scientific, it tells you exactly how happy you are, it's, a, it's an indicator. And it's really, really trying to ask you to tap into feelings. How do you feel? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and having some kind of concrete, uh, you know, understanding of that. Uh, so we had a good question here from Badresh, I think his name is Badresh, um, which is hopefully quite simple to answer really, which is how to get out of your comfort zone and face fear of failure. So I want to say the, the solution, or the, the, the result is easy to, to get to, but um, there's a great company based near here who, um, Brighton, where we're from in the UK, will do something different. And their whole business is based around helping people to shift their behavior into you know, getting outside the comfort zone. And the simplest way they do it, and the reason it's called do something different, is it's really about trying new things. 
And trying new things can be really small things and that's a big thing. So the easiest way to get out of your comfort zone and embrace this sort of fear of failure is really just to try very small things, to ease towards it rather than trying to say, I'm going to start a business, give up my job, throw all of my life savings into this thing and it's either going to work or it's not. Clearly that, there's a reason for that uh, fear of failure being there and you're scared. Um, whereas if you can say, look, I can try this thing on the side and you know, on homeschool we've got almost everyone who's on there running a um, having a job and running families outside of it. But what it means is you can test things out and it doesn't matter if it doesn't work. And you can experiment and have that freedom to do it. And actually, you know, what we found is people start with a small idea and we've got people like Silvana in, in Los Angeles running a, co- um, a co-working space now, when a year ago she never thought she'd be doing that. And so people just slowly look back and go, wow, I've gone from, you know, being terrified and, and scared to now I'm doing it, you know. Yeah. I think someone mentioned the imposter syndrome. Just because you're doing it doesn't mean you ever think you're still um, better than anyone else. But what it does mean is you've managed to blank your way to success. For me, failure um, is linked to judgment. And it's either self-judgment or the perception of judgment from other people. And kind of this whole kind of mindfulness movement and people who think about understanding your own feelings is actually detaching yourself from judgment. Because once you release that judgment, it doesn't matter whether you fail or not. It's, you just do stuff. And it isn't, uh, oh, is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's just me learning. Another thing about, I like, is, I don't know if you can see this. There's like, the inner circle is your comfort zone. Then you kind of have, if you go too far, you go into the panic zone. And the bit in the middle is your learning zone. So what you want to be is like on the edge, like Lawrence was saying, you don't want to do something too easy, but at the same time, you don't want to go so far out of your comfort zone that you get paralyzed by fear. And so it's really pushing yourself, always pushing yourself to the edge not stretching over stretching yourself that you, you don't do anything yeah exactly um so we have a question here from jenny hi jenny um jenny says some very kind things that's very nice of you thanks jenny um she says uh, can you explain how your online homeschool community interacts with one another support challenges hold one another accountable and have you any other home old homeschoolers connected and joined forces uh i kind of the business together so well the last part yes um yeah. There's a company called Capella. Um, there was uh, Mike and Jeff. Yeah. It? yeah. Yeah. So Mike's based in the UK. Jeff is based in the US. And there's actually other examples of this, but this one comes to mind. Um, so yeah, Mike came up with one idea, and he ended up um, joining forces with Jeff on their idea to um, to create this kind of online platform to help early stage companies uh, get their first website up and running. Um, they connected. They hadn't even met when they started the business. So it's really bizarre, but. They just, you know, again, what we found is by people being part of the homeschool community, they're aligned with values and actually those connections happen way quicker. Um, so that was one example of people who've started together. And since then, we've had, um, well, Crafty Craig comes to mind, mm-hmm. friends of ours who've started a business together from the community. Um, in terms of interaction, so there's an online platform where people can share their ideas. We ask people to feedback on each other's ideas. So there's peer to peer mentoring happens as well as us. We can't get involved in those. We also have, um, some sort of uh, momentum calls, accountability calls where people come on there. And the key thing is there's daily challenges during the week. So, you know, things to keep people on track and actually to ask those difficult questions. That's the hard part. Um, but yeah, we're seeing now more and more people are signing up to calls from around the world in different cities. So we're trying to connect people to actually meet face-to-face as well. And that's where the real the value happens is, you know, they can do the course, but then actually, whether it's virtually having a group call or face-to-face over a coffee, um, just sharing their questions and ideas around starting business. For us, the, the connection comes from sharing. And so that's why we structured the course around 
doing challenges that you have will have to we encourage you to share with the other students because then they have a window into what particularly at the beginning of the course they have a window into where you're coming from in terms of values and beliefs and that's where the connections start to happen yeah um okay We've got a question here from Jennifer in Nigeria. Uh, well, she's, sorry, she says she's Nigerian. She's in Nigeria. Hi, Jennifer. Um, uh, oh, no, yeah, yeah, from what you say, you actually are basically so over here, people do not really care. Um, they don't care about this um, new way of doing business. So in this situation, how do you get brands and businesses to see the benefits of being purpose-driven? We've had uh, already existing businesses and business strategies to take a more purpose-driven approach. Great question. That's a tricky what I would say, and this is one thing we did when we first started the Happy Startup School um, almost four years ago now, was just trying to find those early adopters like we talked about earlier. There, there must be someone out there, whether it's in your country or close by, who you can look to as a, as a, a role model, you know, sort of guiding light for, for this new way of doing things. And if not, it would be using case studies. Because my, my um, perception of this question is really... These people are stuck in the old mindset. They just they need proof, and they'll always need proof. So evidence will be the only way you get through to them. And it's not about saying the right things. It's about you know, hard evidence. So there's a whole body of evidence from the purpose economy. So I'd definitely say try and get hold of Aaron Hurst's book, um, the B Corp movement, um, all around you know big companies like Unilever now trying to put purpose at the heart of their DNA, not just you know it's a nice thing to do, actually putting it into their, their sort of articles uh, association. Um, but finding these companies that you can actually point to and say, look, if you want to make more money, if you want to be more profitable, the way you do that is through following this approach because this is how you get customers to stick with you for the long term. This is how you get customers to love your brand, to wear T-shirts and do all that kind of stuff. Um, and this is the way business is going. So it, for me, it's about evidence, finding those like-minded people in your country that you can partner with, collaborate with and become, you know, you're, you're, you've got an opportunity to, to kickstart this where you are. And be the trailblazer. It might be scary, but actually, it's, it's a real opportunity as well. I think the the feel, thing to be feel comfortable about at the moment is this is not for everyone. You're not going to be able to convince. Uh, there's some people who will never be convinced by this because they are very fixed in a different way of doing business. So I I would find the early adopters, like Ron said, and don't don't waste your time too much on trying to uh, convince the non-believers in a sense. Yeah you'll just lose energy. And I think that's why we work with startups because, you know, we work with some big companies when we were running our agency and we just found, you know, uh, I've heard the analogy of it's, it's like a cruise ship versus a, a speedboat. You know, cruise ships can move really slowly, speedboats can be very nimble moving around. So as a startup, you know, we can advise startups, they can make decisions very quickly, they can decide to change their business overnight, they can be more purpose-driven because they don't have to go to stakeholders and board meetings and shareholders and all this kind of stuff. So I think that's why you can get frustrated in the big company. Even if the boss says, yeah, we want to do it this way, there's all sorts of politics and culture to change. So, you know, I would say um, looking at the small, nimble companies that can be more destructive are the ones to focus on at the beginning. And individuals, not companies, because individuals are the people who transform business. Okay, we're getting time for time, so we've got time for one more question, and then we're going to have to um, wrap up. Yeah. Um, so where to start? It's like a lottery. We've got like 50 odd questions now. So um, this is a pretty good one because it's about experimenting. Okay. Um, uh, okay, it's from David Jones. What tips do you have to move on from experimenting um, and or realise you have a thing to take forward? I think I understand that. <laughs> what tips do you have to move on from experimenting 
and all really. All right, so this is when you kind of done the experimenting stuff and you know what what happens next. What, yeah, which, which pumps follow through on? Yeah. Well, one thing I'd say here is, so when we talk about experimenting, um, like you said earlier, trying not to put all your eggs in one basket by focusing on one solution. Um, the challenge then is people, they want to know what to do. I've got all this information, but I'm not sure what to do next. I don't have a boss to tell me what to do. Um, what we found is it is a bit like, um, someone called it like truffle hunting. <laughs> you know, you're trying to follow your nose to find out where the opportunity is, like being a detective or something. So what you'll find is by experimenting, hopefully one or two of the experiments you run uh, you know, will stand out as being something to really sort of double down. So um, trying to go for that and then, again, quite quickly moving to another prototype or another version of that, not putting everything into, you know, that one way of doing things. So it's really about um, having close contact with customers throughout the design process. That's the number one thing I'd say. Yeah, I think realizing it's the thing that you, you need to take on. So for me, the, it comes around, what do I focus on? I've tried all these experiments, which is the thing that I should focus on. And there's no, I don't think there's a simple answer to this because it's so dependent on the, the businesses, different types of businesses that you run. Uh, a simple example, you know, very simple, will someone pay for this thing that I'm doing? Uh, so that's a very clear, it's a crude way of measuring it, but if I've done something and I've created it and people are willing to pay for it, I mean, really upfront, not, oh yeah, I'll give you some money once it's better. It's like, actually, there's something there that people will pay for. And I'll give you an example, really very simple. The first time we released Homeschool, it, the validation was actually people signing up and paying. It wasn't like we did a free version of Homeschool and released it. It was the first time we released Homeschool, it was a paid-for version. And that was a very clear validation that this thing was needed. It wasn't perfect, it had a lot of work that needed to be done, but it still delivered value. There was some value there that people were willing to pay for. So that was, that made, we should double down on this. Let's forget doing live workshops all the time. Let's do the homeschool, let's do the online stuff. And the other thing I think the homeschool for us illustrates as well, do you have the energy for it? Do you get excited by it? Is it something that you want to do and really pursue? Because if you can't answer those two questions well, Maybe you don't do that. You don't pursue that experiment, even if there's some signals there. If it, those two things don't resonate, maybe it's not the way to go. Exactly. So finally, just to bring up the last one, just to uh, um, talk you through, because we've got a competition to give away too. Yes. Um, so yeah, quickly, if you go back, um, so homeschool, um, for those that are interested, um, and the person who's- You are interested. This stuff is amazing. Yes. Um, it's a four-week program. Um, so what we do is we take people through the four Ps of a happy startup. So passion, purpose, people, and profits. And we spend a week on each of these things. It's not like profits isn't important, but it's not you know, the thing we start with. And we walk people through a sequence of challenges and um, um, worksheets and discussions, really, around these, these things we talked about so far, but also going deeper into some other things, too. And there's a classroom, there's an online classroom, where you can get access to some resources, um, some you know, articles and, and videos that we created to help you really understand that to walk you through. Um, we did, myself and Carlos, do all the videos so you can actually learn from us. And then the other thing is the community. So really getting to share and learn from other people in the community that are all at a similar stage, all taking the course at the same time. And the next course starts um, on January the 9th, but we stop enrollment in four days. So it actually ends on, I think, December of the 20th, on yeah. Monday. So, um, so yeah, if you go to thehappystartupschool.com forward slash homeschool, you should find all the information you need. If not, just drop us an email at uh, hello at happystartups.ca and you can find out more about the course. Um, 
we get some great feedback. I mean, like we only re released the second version of this in the summer. We spent two months redesigning the whole course because um, not because the feedback was bad, just because we felt like there was things we could improve on, the things we've learned over the last two years to integrate the course. And we just find people get clearer and clearer by doing the course. People are now, uh, we're focused on actually launching the first version. We're talking about experimenting. We, um, the outcome of the course is to get people to launch, um, launch their vision to the world. So not building the product or service they're creating, but really unleashing the vision, getting clear on that, and then that will help you to attract the customers and the collaborators that you want to push your idea forward. Um, so yeah, like I said, enrollment closes on the 20th. Uh, you can find out all the information you need there. Um, but we have to choose a winner for the competition. Oh, there's like how many questions? I know. 51 questions. But I think we need to choose one of the ones we chose. Yeah. And I think the one that stands out for me feels like Jennifer in Nigeria, because she sounds like she's on her own there trying to um, get people to understand what it takes to be purpose-driven in, in, in Africa, really, in Nigeria. So um, if she's interested, then Jennifer, if you want to give us your email in the chat room, we will send you a link to join the course and be part of this. And hopefully by being part of homeschool, you'll be able to then spread the word to other people and, and be an ambassador for this new way of doing business. And uh, yeah, be a flag bearer for having startups going. West Africa, is it? Yeah. Awesome. Um, <laughs> okay, so um, thanks a million for listening. We've run over about five minutes or so, so apologies for that. Hopefully it's been useful. Um, We'd love to connect with you more. So, you know, if you want to follow more about what we do, go to happystartupschool.com. We have our blog on Medium's link there on the website to all our posts. We put all our posts on Medium. We put all our videos on the Vimeo page. So if you want to find out talks and the workshops we've done and from the um, online stuff we do as well as all our events. Um, if you want to come and meet us, then come to Brighton. You know, we've got an open door policy in this place. So we have lunches every Tuesday. Um, or come to our summer camp, which is um, in September. We have 150 purpose-driven entrepreneurs, change makers, and just the curious, people who are curious about this way of doing business, come and, and hang out together in an amazing experience for three days. And yeah, a couple of retreats coming up, one in India in February, Ashram I talked about earlier, and Altitude, which is uh, our retreat in the mountains, which is just incredible. So go onto our website and go under events and you'll find all the information you need. Um, and yeah, Look out for some emails because you'll be getting emails about the canvas, you'll get access to the slides and the video from today's session um, if you can get to watch it live or you want to share it with other people. And yeah, just come join the tribe because we want to have you part of it. And the minimal thing we want you to do as soon as you finish, come off this webinar, follow us on Twitter, like our Facebook page, go into the Facebook page. If you're there, you'll also be able to catch snippets of Facebook Live from us. Sign up to the newsletter if you haven't done already. And also, we're on medium.com. Look for the Happy Startup School there, and you'll get lots of Happy Startup goodness as well. Yeah. So that, as a bare minimum, please do that. And finally, if you want to do something, start today. So if you've got that idea, hopefully today's given you a bit of inspiration to, to get going. You've now got a process you can follow. If you're really stuck, come on home school or just you know, look at our blog. But really, more than anything, just get started, and that will get you on the path to, to the future you want to build. Brilliant. Thanks very much for joining. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye.